When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio, episode 59. You might notice that this isn't Taylor talking. This is Kelly. What's going on? Well, Taylor's in France. He's he's off doing French stuff. I don't know. Going to look at art museums. Drinking champagne. I don't know. I don't know what you do in France. I, I've never been there. But I'm still doing the show. I'm doing the show by myself. So Kelly is here. Hello. Uh... This is my first time doing a solo podcast, so I don't know. Wish me luck. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I mean, I did do solo podcasts in the past years, like probably a decade ago. I, uh, in my other podcast, the Panels on Pages podcast, we were part of a larger network. And on that network was a show that was essentially like podcast talk soup, if you know what that was, like the soup the Joel McHale show, uh, where it was just kind of recapping all of the other podcasts on the network. And there was a wrestling show on the network, and the guy that hosted uh, the show, the show was Last Week in Pop. Uh, the guy that hosted the show, Mahoney, he hates wrestling. Uh, you may remember Mahoney as the one that would ask ridiculous questions of me, and uh, Taylor would just kind of sit back and let it happen. But yeah, so Mahoney hated wrestling. He didn't want to listen to the wrestling show, so I offered to do that. And that was my bit. So I would just record into a microphone by myself, much like this. 
and I did that bit for years, and that's kind of how I uh, I ended up getting my hosting gig on the uh, podcast and doing a bunch of audio over the years, and now here I am talking to all you guys about Joshi Wrestling. So, this is Jumping Bomb Audio episode 59. Uh, let me get the plugs in here. Uh, you can get find us on Twitter at Audio. You can find me on Twitter at Kelly. You can find Taylor on Twitter at T... Mambo. Uh, subscribe to us, rate and review on iTunes, and uh, if you feel like supporting the show, drop on over to redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping bomb audio. And uh, there's a little donation button thingy there, and you can give us a, little, a couple bucks if you want. Much appreciated. So today we got a decent amount of stuff, nothing super, super major, but we got a good, we got a good show ahead of us. Uh, main main thing i want to cover today is the cyberfight festival which just happened as i'm recording this i actually just finished watching what i needed to watch i've only watched the tokyo joshi stuff so everything else is kind of i don't know if anything important happened to tokyo joshi and the other matches uh, uh somehow i'm not gonna cover it so i don't know what what happened i didn't look at results because i do want to watch the rest of the show so i wanted to stay unspoiled on that stuff so Sorry if I missed anything important. Uh, and then we got a bunch of other stuff. We got looking at other things that happened over the week and going to preview some shows, including a big stardom show that's taking place on the 26th. And then we're wrapping things up today with some listener questions. So I guess we'll jump right into it. Talk about the Cyber Fight Festival. It took place at the Saitama Super Arena uh, June 12th. Uh, looks like they had 4,891 fans. I think that's a good number. Uh, I looked it up. It was just slightly over what they did last year. So, hey, improvement's always good. Uh, like I said, I'm only really going to talk about the Joshi matches. Uh, so we've got the, uh, starting battle two, the second match on the pre-show. It was a Tokyo Joshi provided 10-woman tag match. Now Kakuta, Mahiro Kiryu... Moka Miyamoto, Ariso Endo, and Kaya Toribami defeated Hyper Misao, Yuki Aino, Yuri, Pam Harajuku, and Haruna Neko in 9 minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, Kiryu defeated Pom with a spine buster. Uh, one of the things that jumped out here to me was that you know Stuart Fulton is the Noah commentator because he kept calling <laughs> her Hyper Misawa, which really made me laugh every time it happened. I can't blame him. You know, you're in you're in Noah mode. My Misao is close enough to Misawa. <laughs> uh the it was a fun match, worked at a pretty quick pace. Uh I came away most impressed by Yuri, who I didn't even know was going to be in this match until it started, and I don't think Fulton knew either because he was looking at the same match as I was and was like, Where's Raku? To the point where he's like, uh, Raku must be in the ring already. <laughs> So, no one told him, no one told me. But either way, Yuri came away looking really good. Uh, some great-looking kicks. I hope she we see more of her in Tokyo Joshi. Uh, overall fun match. I went two and three quarters on it. The uh, next starting battle, number three, featured the eruption team of Yu-Gi-Oh! Sakaguchi, Saki Akai, and Hideki Okitani defeating the Gunbare team of Ken Oka, Yuna Manase and Mizuki Watase in 10 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, this was pretty good. 
I don't really watch Gunbare, so this is the first time in a long time I've seen Mizuki Watase, and he was kind of great. I remember him being, I don't know, a bit of a joke, I guess, in DDT. Maybe I'm just not remembering him very well. But he came off really impressive here. Like, the some cool strikes. I really enjoyed his sequence with uh, Saki Akai. But uh, didn't win. Uh, Sakaguchi put him to sleep for the win uh, after the match with Tase cut his hair in to show he was serious about taking the loss and he wants another match uh but good showings from akai and uh yunamanase here so worth checking out if you're just looking for the joshi stuff uh, i went three and a half stars on that this is gonna be hard doing this by myself because i'm thirsty where do i take breaks i mean i could edit out my water breaks i don't feel like putting in that that kind of time i don't I don't I don't do sound editing much anymore. I don't I don't remember how Audacity works. We're lucky the thing's recording now. Who knows? This might be my third attempt trying to record this. You don't know. So, I don't know. I guess uh going to get some long pauses every now and then while I uh, take a sip of water. So, hold on a sec. <sighs> Refreshing. All right, uh match number 2 on the show was a Tokyo Joshi provided six-woman tag match. Miyu Yamashita, Maki Ito, and Jiria Nagano defeated Hikari Noah, Suzume, and Yuki Arai in 10 minutes and 54 seconds. Uh, Miyu just annihilated Suzume with a skull kick to pick up the win. Uh, the winners actually got 10 years in Nivea skincare cream for their uh, victory, which I think is a really cool prize. I would like that. Uh, the winning I really like the winning team. Uh, Jiria is really cool with 1 to 1 million. I, I just like their whole dynamic. That was really fun. Uh, good match. Everyone worked hard. Uh, everyone got a little bit of shine. Three stars. Uh, I'd watch it. It was a good time. Uh, then match number four on the card was the Princess of Princess title next challenger decision four-way match where Rika Tatsumi defeated Mizuki, Yuki Kamafuku, and Mia Watanabe. In 9 minutes and 37 seconds, uh, Rika won that with the flying hip attack off the top rope. I'm not going to lie, I was kind of disappointed with this. I was hoping for, I don't know, just a little bit more. Uh, there are some fun spots that took advantage of the stipulation, but never really felt like it kicked into high gear for me. It felt rushed, really. Just kind of, I don't know, like, it seems like they thought they had more time than they had going into the match, and then they're told, all right, you have this much time, and they had to kind of truncate stuff. Uh, even though she took the pin, Miu came away looking really impressive here with her feats of strength. Like, come on. No matter what, every time I see... I've, I know I've said this. Every time I see the double giant spin, or giant swing, it's super impressive. It's so such a cool spot. Uh, but yeah, this was... It was good. Not as good as I was hoping. Three stars. And then in our Joshi uh, main event, I guess, uh, which was actually the semi-main event on the uh, full card, match 10, uh, the Princess of Princess title defense, Shoko Nakajima successfully defends against Yuka Sakazaki in 14 minutes and 57 seconds. Uh, both women got wild entrances. Uh, I've heard that there are more crazy entrances on this show that I'm very excited to see. But I loved the uh, giant inflatable dinosaur men coming out to walk Nakajima to the ring. That was very fun. 
Uh, I also enjoyed on the uh, pre-match video package that they, <laughs> when I assume Nakajima was talking about kaiju and they showed clips from uh, Gozibon, which is the children's show, I guess kind of puppet show, maybe stop action at times, mostly puppets of Godzilla stuff on the Toho YouTube that is kind of horrifying. Like, I've always thought Gozibon's kind of creepy, but I just thought that was really funny that that's what they went with to show Godzilla <laughs> on the uh, pre-match package. Uh, but yeah, I like this match uh, a lot. Uh, I thought you, I really like that Yuka is just like, I'm always going to be the grumpy veteran, no matter what. Every match, I'm just going to go out there and be grumpy about everything. Uh, the match, there was a certain smoothness that the match lacked. And I mean that in a good way. Like, it just, it was sloppy and it felt dangerous. And I, I like I like matches like that. That This was cool. Uh, there was one of, the, some of the throws, there was one, I think, brain buster from Yuka in particular that just looked insane. Where it was like, it really looked like she just powered Nakajima up. And was like, I don't care if you don't want to take this. You're taking this brain buster. <laughs> My only real complaint about the match is I wish it was longer. It kind of felt like it was just really, really getting going. And then it ended. Like, and I, I don't know. Maybe that's part of... I don't like Nakajima's finisher. Like, I, I don't think the senton is a really effective finisher. It just kind of is like, oh. You, you expect everyone to kick out of it. And then they don't. And it's like, oh. Alright, that was it. Okay. Either way, I like this quite a bit. I want four stars on it. Definitely worth checking out. Just not as good as I was hoping. I don't know. Uh, but by and large, the uh, the Joshi matches on Cyberfight Festival were good. I kind of like how with this big show, in just if you're just into Joshi, you can get a nice little show out of it. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching the rest. I'll probably do that as soon as I finish recording this and get it all edited and stuff. But yeah, uh, decent decent show. Check check it out. Okay, where do we go from here? That was that was really the big review. Wasn't expecting to be done with the big review of the show in the uh, first thirteen minutes or so. So I guess uh, I'll take a swig of this here Mountain Dew Baja Gold. Delicious soda. Let me tell you that it's very good. Just pineapple soda. You don't see that very often. Highly highly recommended. Yes, I don't know. Let's jump into some uh, spark notes. Talk about what the stardom's been up to. Uh, on the, I'm not really gonna cover the uh, the tournament to get into the five star Grand Prix in this section. I'll get to that later in the show when we go over previewing what's coming up. But really, outside of that, stardom hasn't been up to much. Uh, on the June fifth show, Cosmic Angels defeated Colors in a trios match uh, to get Colors to join their unit. It was a loser joins the winner's unit match. Uh, the Cosmic Angels team of Tom Nakano, Unagi Sayaka, and Mina Shirakawa defeated the Colors team of Saki, Hikari Shimizu, and Yuko Sakurai. <clears throat> um, I liked this match for the most part. But I will say this. I don't know about anyone else. But I really have trouble focusing on these shows 
that are filmed just single cam style from ringside. I don't know what it is, but I always find myself zoning out on shows like this. And it actually happened also in the a Tokyo Joshi show I'll talk a bit about coming up, where it was just that's kind of how it was filmed, and it's just like, I don't know. My brain has trouble focusing. Like, I'd say this is even worse for me than, like, just single cam from the hard cam position. Like, I don't know. It's just, it, it's weird. I, I can't explain it, but, yeah, I just have trouble focusing on shows like this. So, like, I don't know. This match was probably better than I think it is, and I think it was pretty good. But I just kept zoning out. Uh, but, yeah, I really like the chemistry these teams have, uh, though I do wish the closing stretch had a bit more juice to it. It kind of just... I don't know, it was just, like, Shimizu trying her hardest to survive against Tom, so it wasn't, like, a super hot closing stretch. It was kind of just Tom destroying Shimizu <laughs> until she got the three count. But either way, good match. I went three and a half stars. Uh, I like the idea of Cosmic Angels beefing up their ranks with colors. Like, it's kind of funny how they just went from, I want to say, the loser unit but they're not uh, they're kind of geeks at times but now they're the biggest unit so that's cool i'm really excited to see what colors does in stardom i think they'll they've done well so far so i'm looking forward to see what comes next from them uh and then on the june 11th show in stardom there was a goddesses of stardom title match where hazuki and koguma successfully defended the titles against saki kashima of fukigen death i don't believe that show has aired yet so Got real no opinions on it, but right team won. Uh, and then moving over to Tokyo Joshi. Uh, on June 4th, uh, the sh- there was an international princess title match where Maki Ito successfully defended her title against Rio. Uh, as I said earlier, this was another show where it was filmed from ringside, and I kind of zoned out a bunch. But, uh... I don't know, this match wasn't very good, if I'm being honest. It really kind of just felt like an extended squash. I, I've i never seen Rio prior to this, and she didn't really stand out much to me. She was kind of just there. Ito won with a diving headbutt, which I feel like you don't see a ton of. Like, kind of just, it made Rio feel like, oh, you're a lower-tier challenger. Like, yeah, honestly, it, it didn't feel like a main event at all to me. So I don't, I didn't put a, I didn't really, I didn't give a star rating to it, but I don't know. Not worth going out of your way to see. Uh, Over in Ice Ribbon on June 5th, there was an International Ribbon tag title match with Big Dakai of uh, Totoro Satsuki and Yunamanase defeating Spice App. That's a good name, Spice App. Uh, maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong. Spice app? Spice app. I don't know. Maiko Ozaki and Tehanma. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen the match, but uh, Big Takai wins. Uh, and then on June 11th, there was a title uh, tournament match where in the first round where Tehanma defeated Asahi in 10-22. Taking a drink of water before we talk about Wave. Wave, water, get it, haha. On uh, June 1st, there's a whole bunch of Catch the Wave title matches, or not title matches, Catch the Wave tournament matches. So in the Catch the Wave future block, uh, Suzu Suzuki defeated Chie Ozawa, 
uh, bringing Suzu up to three points. Uh, in the future block, Haruko Omasaki and Riko Kawahara went to a time limit draw. In uh, the strong arm block match, uh, Yu defeated Ayame Sasamura. In the comical block, Kari Yoniyama and Miyaku Matsumoto went to a double countout. And then in the kicking block, Hanako Nakamori defeated Nagisa Nozaki. And then on the 11th, on uh, the future block, Haruka Omosaki and Suzu Suzuki went to a time limit draw. And in the strong arm block, Miyuki Takase and Yu also went to a time limit draw. A lot of draws in this tournament. Um, who do they think they are? Stardom? Because, yeah, in these two shows alone, you got one, three time limit draws and one double count out. Like, I don't know. That's not great. I haven't, I, get, I didn't watch the shows, but, like, I don't know. You want more decisive finishes <laughs> in a tournament like that. Uh, moving things over to Choco Pro. There was the May Saruga 4th anniversary show on May 26th. Uh, it said last episode that I would cover this here because it aired after we recorded last time. Uh, good show. I really enjoyed it. Uh not a super long one uh it was in uh, i think it was in shinkiba yeah that sounds right so it it was a it wasn't your typical like it was it was a gato movie show rather than a choco pro show i said i should say uh but yeah let's go over some of the matches in here uh haruka umasaki defeated che koshikawa a solid match che still needs work as a singles wrestler but she's still improving she's still getting better uh, it felt like the story of this match was really that she was kind of just outclassed on a technical level by uh, Umasaki. Uh, I went three and a quarter stars on that one. Then the next match was a trios match with Yuna Mizumori, Balianaki, and Saki defeating Sayaka, Hagane Shino, and Makoto. This was a really good uh, high-energy trios match. Just really fast-paced and super fun. Uh, three and three quarter stars on that. Uh, the semi-main event was an Asia Dream tag title match with CDK, uh, Masahiro Takanashi, and Chris Brooks defending the titles against the Suicide Boys of Mikami and Thomas Toba. Uh, cool match. The closing stretch between Brooks and Toba in particular was very good. Uh, that was... I gave that one three and a half stars, and CDK came out with the tag belts intact. And then in the main event, Mesa defeated Suzume in a damn good match. Uh, I love the chemistry that May and Suzume have. They really delivered here in the main event. It was it was fun. It, it was a fun match at times and then hard-hitting at others. I'd really love to see this match again in a couple of years when these two have even more experience under their belt. I think it could be really, really good. Uh, I want four stars on that one. Uh, easily my favorite match of the show definitely worth your time then in proper choco pro uh in episode 233 on june 8th suzume appeared to announce that she'll be tagging with may on the uh july 9th tokyo joshi show so that'll be fun uh i hope this doesn't mean that 
Suzumi's ending her tag run with uh, Arisa Endo, because I like that team a lot too, but, you know, it'll be fun to see Mei in uh, Tokyo Joshi. And then in the main event of that show, the Killer Queens team of Emi Sakura, who made her return to Japan, and Mei Saruga defeated Yuna Mizumori and Sayaka. Uh, really good match. It's nice to have Emi back. Three and a half stars on that one. Then in Choco Pro 234 on June 11th, Best Bros, Mei Saruga and Balayanaki defeated Chieko Shikawa and Yuna Mizumori. Uh, I thought this was good, but I thought it suffered a bit from having an inconsistent tone where it was just kind of jokey one minute and then super serious the next. But it was fun seeing Best Bros kind of have more of an edge than normal. It seems like they're going they're they're not going full heel, but they're uh I don't know, I think they're gonna they're working they're working a little dirtier, hoping to get back their uh, tag belts soon. Uh three and a half stars on that one. And then on Choco Pro two thirty five on June twelfth, the Killer Queens team of Mesuruga and Emi Sakura defeated Dragon Ninja, which is Sayuri and Chan Shiryu. Uh, Killer Queens were really good heels in this match. Uh, this was exactly the kind of match that Emmy should probably be having in AEW with the younger wrestlers, where she's just kind of, for lack of a better word, bullying them <laughs> to try to get the best out of them, because she was really taking it to Sayuri here. And it's just like, this is this is the, the Emmy Sakura you want to have around, where she's clearly the veteran, clearly teaching the other the younger wrestlers lessons rather than i don't know tagging with nyla rose all the time for some reason uh she and it worked amy definitely brought up the ver the best in sayuri here this was easily the best she's ever looked uh this is this is good i really like the dragon ninja team i'd like to see them get a tag title run uh definitely worth checking out three and three quarter stars I'm telling you guys, this Baja Gold is great. All right. Got some other just odds and ends stuff. Some, I guess, non-Joshi Joshi. We have here in America, uh, Prestige Wrestling's Roseland 3 Night 2 from May 29th. Uh, Mio Yamashita defeated Maki Ito in the main event of the show. These two did not phone it in here at all. This was a hell of a match. Really back and forth between the two of them. I, they got me in a bunch of the near falls. And I kind of started thinking that Ito was going to win here. Like, how wild would that have been for Ito to finally get her win over Yamashita in this random U.S. indie? <laughs> Uh, the match was slightly hurt by having bad ring mics, which uh, Taylor and I talked about on the previous show with Roseland 3 Night 1. I was hoping they'd fix that. But other than that, this match was awesome. Uh, I went four and a quarter stars. Then, in over in GCW, they had Rina Yamashita over for a couple shows, uh, the first of which was the Tournament of Survival on June 4th. Uh, Rina was in the tournament. In her opening round match, she defeated Hoodfoot, uh, where she showed an insane amount of strength by hitting Razor's Edge on Hoodfoot. That dude's big. 
Like, the fact that she was able to pick him up and toss him over her head is nuts. Uh, just an insane spot. I, I can't believe she was able to do it. Uh, three and a half stars on that one. Most of the stars come from just Rena's insane strength. Uh, and then in her second round match, Drew Parker defeated Rena Yamashita. Uh, awesome performance from both wrestlers. Rena went after the horrible, horrible cut that Drew Parker sustained in the week prior from a light tube spot gone awry. Uh, it started off kind of playfully, but eventually both wrestlers were going after each other pretty hard. Uh, Parker won the match with a swanton through a pane of glass onto Rena. Uh, that was really good. I went four and a quarter stars on that. And then the next night uh, was Cage of Survival. Uh, there was a surprise tag match on there uh, where Ciclope and Miedo Extremo made their returns to GCW to defeat Rina Yamashita and Toro Segura. If you were a Deathmatch fan, you need to see this. this was, I thought this was incredible. All four went out there and absolutely killed it. You could tell they, they all really wanted this to be a big match, especially Ciclope and Miedo Extremo making their return after, I think, four and a half years? Like, that's a long time to be gone. So they really wanted to leave an impression, and I think Rina and Segura were just so jazzed up to be in front of a loud crowd. So yeah, they all four went out there and just killed it. Uh, Rina got a ton of shine here, and showed off her strength again they went through so many light tubes in this match it was awesome if you were a deathmatch fan definitely make time for this i went four and three quarter stars this is one of my favorite matches of the year so far uh and then finally on ddt and the what are you doing tour 2022 in kumamoto uh this was on may 29th Maya Yukihi defeated Saki Akai in a pretty kick-ass singles match. Uh, I loved the opening of the match where they had a handshake, but they both just held onto it and elbowed the shit out of each other. Like, that was awesome. Really intense match, really hard fought. Uh, I love the dynamic these two have, where it's like, okay, after the match, they're all friends, but once the bell rings, they will beat the shit out of each other. It's awesome. Uh, they worked way harder than I would have expected them to on which what was essentially just a single cam house show that didn't even air live. But yeah, four-star match. Uh, I haven't really seen anyone talk about this. I think it was kind of just buried because the show, you know, it made tape late. But yeah, definitely go back and check this one out. And then before we move into the upcoming show previews, I think it's time to hear about our good friends over at HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm-fresh produce that arrives within a week. So you get convenience without skimping on quality. Skip the trips to the grocery store, saving you the wait in line and ensuring you don't waste money on excess food. 
HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality, and you can save on average over $65 a month when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. That's more money to put to those uh, 2022 goals of yours. Take all that money you're saving, spend it on Joshi streaming services or pay-per-views. Pass the money on to your fave Joshi wrestlers. Uh, so go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Now let me tell you that again. Go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Yeah, I've been thinking about HelloFresh lately and how they kind of like perfected the loot crate model. Loot crate still a thing? I don't think it is anymore. I never hear anyone talk about it. Because it was like... Everyone was excited about Loot Crate at first. Well, not, not everyone. Nerds. Nerds were excited about Loot Crate. Because you spent however much money and you got a bunch of garbage delivered to your door. Nerds love garbage. I'm a nerd. I love garbage. But, like, I didn't want that garbage. And, again, I feel like everyone canceled once they realized, like, look at all these piles of shit I have that I don't want. Like, oh, cool. It's... A Firefly Funko Pop. I've never watched Firefly. I'll never watch Firefly. Awesome. But it's like, so what do you do? You throw it away? You give it to a friend? I don't know. You just create more waste, I guess. But with HelloFresh and like other like snack boxes, it's just food. You just eat it. You don't like it? You give it to someone else. It's not really creating that much waste. Like, hey, that's that's the way to go, I think. If you're going to do a gonna do a crate box thingy like that make it all you can eat personally my uh my box of choice is the dino dracula fun pack now that's actual trash like he just kind of sends you a bunch of random like retro garbage i end up throwing away most of it but it's fun to unpack you get a bunch of like 90s trading cards random candy but every now and then you get a really cool one like recently the fun pack thing was like everyone got one of those I don't even know what to call them but they're like the sheets that McDonald's puts into their the ordering boards at the uh, at the drive-thru so he got like he got enough of these sheets together and made it so everyone would get one I got one promoting Mac tonight Happy Meal toys which is fucking awesome, and I'm going to frame that shit and put it on my wall. I can't wait. So yeah, that's the kind of that's the kind of garbage I like. But it's garbage nonetheless. I don't know. Uh, so let's talk about some upcoming shows. Let's preview some stuff. Uh, let's kick it off with Stardom. So I guess the biggest thing to talk about probably is that coming up on November 20th, Stardom and New Japan are going to be holding a joint show. Like, that's that's huge. That's really cool. Uh, and it sounds like there's going to be, like, interaction between the rosters. So I'm very interested to see what that is going to end up being. Like, if they do mixed tags, is it going to be a WWE-style mixed tag? Where the men wrestle the men and the women wrestle the women? Or are they just going to go out and have, like... Starlight Kid wrestle Okada. Like, that would be fucking awesome. I'm down for that. Let's go. 
That should be cool. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what more details come out of this. Uh, and then I think this was also announced at the same like press conference that there is a movie in the works based on Mayu Iwatani's life. That's very interesting. I'm really hoping that gets some kind of release here in the States officially when that's done. But I mean, as far as we know, they're still casting at the moment, so that's still a ways off. But either way, that should be pretty cool. Uh, now, before we get into individual shows, I want to talk about the uh, five-star Grand Prix qualifying league. So it looks. let's talk about the A-block standings. In first place, you've got Amy Sore with six points. In second place, there's a tie, a three-way tie with Momokogo, Miyu Amasaki, and Rina all at two points. And then, in the surprise of no one, literally no one's surprised, fifth place, Wakasukiyama with zero points. Yep, exactly where Rossi wants her. Uh, then in the B block, we've got first place Saeedo with three points, a second place tie with Lady C, Mai Sakura, and Ruaka all at two points, and then in fifth place, we've got Rina with one point. So the way this goes is the top three scorers go to the five-star Grand Prix. So you have to imagine it's the first place in each block and then one of the second place people so i am assuming there's going to be a giant tie and some sort of crazy playoff to come but who knows uh i was just looking at the like the graph thingy that they have i don't know what you call it but the the standings uh graphic that they put up on twitter and my theory is that because Amy Sore is pretty much guaranteed to win her block. There's only one thing standing in her way, and that is a singles match coming up against Momokogo on the 19th. Uh, where if Momo wins, and Momo also beats Rina, that would bring her to six points to tie Amy Sore, and then she would win the tiebreaker on that. I'm thinking that's the route they'll go, because then in the A block, there will be two people with six points, so they will both move on, and then whoever is leading the B block will win as, will move on as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, B-Block is still pretty much in the air at this point. Just looking at this, everyone's so close together. So I 
I don't really know. I think Lady C's still got three matches ahead of her, and she's got the one win, so she could get the eight points and win. I don't know if that'll happen. But uh, I would say for now, she is in the best position to move on from that block. Uh, so yeah, so then let's see what we've got coming up. On the 16th, there's a five-star match, qualifying match between My Sakurai and Lady C. On the 18th, there are qualifying matches between Hina and Lady C and Mio Amasaki and Rina. On the 19th, there's a league match between Amy Sode and Momokogo. And then the 25th, there are league matches with Mio Amasaki taking on Waka Tsukiyama and Lady C taking on Waka. Uh, and then we've got, coming up on the 26th, Stardom's Fight to the Top 2022. This is a pretty big show. Um, got some got some cage matches, which was surprising. I I don't know how I feel about those matches. Uh, let's run down the card before I talk about that first. Uh, so in your opener, you've got a three-way between Unagi Sayaka, Waka Sukiyama, and Ruaka. We all know who's taking the fall there. Uh, Saya Ida and Momokogo take on Lady C and Miyu Amasaki in a tag match. In a singles match, Himika takes on Mina Shirakawa. There is an Artist of Stardom title three-way elimination match with Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and Saki Kashima defending against Julia, Micah, and Mai Sakurai, and Siri, Mirai, and Amy Sode. I like that it's elimination style, so there is like a definitive winner, so that's cool. Uh, and then we get to the top two on the show, and those are the cage matches. Uh, the first of which is Tom Nakano and Natsupoi, which all of a sudden really just became like a really intense rivalry. <laughs> and I I really like that this is getting in the cage match. Uh, as today, there was a show and Natsupoi got her head cracked wide open by Momo Watanabe with a wrench. So, I don't know. Maybe she'll juice in this tag match, in this cage match too. Maybe not Tom will too. Like, let's, let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's get a, let's get a really brutal cage match out of this. Because when they announced the cage matches, I assumed we were getting a prominence match. Like, I thought for sure we would get Julia versus Suzu, Suzu Suzuki here. And that's not what happened. That that was the biggest surprise. Uh, the other cage match is a trios match uh, with Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, and Koguma taking on Utami, Sayakamatani, and Azumi. That really kind of feels like just like, hey, we've got a cage match. This match is now a cage match. Like it's kind of like how you know with WWE they have Hell in a Cell. So it's like, okay, yearly we're gonna have these cage matches. So it's cage day on the calendar, and that's kind of what this match feels like. Where it's like, this doesn't really need to be a cage match, but hey, it's gonna be a cool match. Uh, I think this also operates under escape rules, which I don't know. I kind of don't like. I hope on that front, if anything, the match really feels more like a Dragon Gate Dead or Alive cage match where you've got just everyone on the outside of the ring trying to keep the other people in the ring and just like 
rocketing volleyballs at him. Like that's always really fun. I love I love the Dragon Gate Dead or Alive cage matches. They're ridiculous and so much fun. And that's what I want out of this. So that's I I really hope we just get something insane here. Uh, I don't really know who is gonna win. Like I don't. Does it matter? <laughs> like this is kind of one of those matches where it's like in the end it doesn't really matter who wins as long as it's fun. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's a good card for that show overall. Uh, what is it? Six match card? I suppose it's a good idea because it'll probably take them some time to put the cage up. So yeah. Yeah, six match card and probably with a decent intermission in the middle there. But yeah, should be fun. Uh, and then Stardom also announced New Blood 3 taking place on July 8th. Uh, matches announced so far for that are Miyu Amasaki taking on Julia, which should be very cool. I'm looking forward to that a lot. And then Ram Kaichao making her return to the company to take on Wakasukiyama. Actually, has Ram been in Stardom? I don't know. Maybe I'm just confusing it with Tokyo Joshi. See, this is why it's good to have a co-host around, because they can check you on things you say. Because instead, I'm just I'm just gonna just yell falsehoods at you. Just really Fox News it up, I guess. I don't know. Ram Kaicho was in Stardom. She was a champion in Stardom. Obviously, that is something that 100% happened, and I have no one here to prove otherwise to me right now. Uh, Tokyo Joshi. What do they got coming up? Uh, not many of their shows upcoming have cards. Uh, all we've got right now is a show on the 19th in Currican Hall. Uh, it's going to be main evented by a princess tag title match with the Magical Sugar Rabbits defending against Shoko Nakajima and Hyper Masao. Uh, now that we know that Yuka lost her title challenge... I would assume that she gets her win back here and Yuka and Mizuki retain the titles. I don't expect Shoko to take the pin. I would I would assume Masao does because you almost don't want to set up another title match when you already have Rika Tatsumi waiting in the wings who at this point I'm assuming is the one to beat Shoko. You never know. I don't I don't know how to judge Tokyo Joshi booking anymore. We've talked about this. I'm always wrong. Ugh. Uh Sendai Girls. They've got a show coming up on the sixteenth. Uh top two matches on that show look pretty cool. Uh the semifinal is a hardcore tag with Dash Jisako and Hario Matsumoto taking on Risa Sarah and uh Natsumi Mochi. That should be cool. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and then in the main event, there's a Sendai Girls tag title match with Chihiro Hashimoto and you defending against Mika Uwata and Miyuki Takase. Then over in Ice Ribbon, we've got on the 18th, uh, I believe this is in Kurikin, I forgot to make a note of that. Uh, they're doing some, the second round matches for the Ice X Infinity Championship Tournament. Uh, those matches will be Tehanma taking on Satsuki Totoro, Sauriano taking on Amin, uh, Makoto taking on Yuki Mashiro, and Maika Ozaki taking on Ibuki Hoshi. Uh, 
And uh, that's it. That's all that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're still kind of in like a a lean Joshi period, which I'm all right with that. So I don't know how you guys feel about some questions. Take a drink of water. Because, yeah, this is this is hard to kind of pace yourself when you're just talking into a microphone, looking at a Amazon Fire tablet with your notes on it, just talking to a screen. Like, I, I can't have the screen fill in for me when I'm thirsty. This is weird. This is a weird experience overall, guys. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope it's not terrible. It could be terrible for all I know. I, I'm not sure. Good luck, me. Uh, so <laughs> we're almost done. Uh, so we got questions. Uh, first comes in from Rika Tetsumi in the Discord. I, I should have... All these questions come from the Discord. Uh, she's got two questions. The first of which is Mio Momono returns at the end of June fantasy book her next six months. This is a Taylor question for sure. I don't keep up much with Marvelous, to be honest. Uh, so all I'll say is I would like another match against uh, Chihiro Hashimoto because I like their work together. Uh, yell at Taylor. Ask him for uh, the answer to the question. Uh, and then the second question was, was it a mistake to take the Beyond the Sea title from AEW superstar Ryo Mizunami? Uh, I'll say yeah. I don't know. Keep keep the belt on the person who goes on TV in America. Bring a couple new eyes to your promotion. Even if one new person starts watching your show, that's cool. Like I I don't know. I think I think it was a bad mistake to take the title off her. Uh, we got a question from Gerard, uh, who says, "If Tokyo Joshi ever decides to pull the trigger and elevate someone new into the main event, who do you think it will be, excluding Jerry Nagano?" That's a good question. I think Suzume. I'm becoming more and more impressed with her work almost every time I see her. She's getting better and better and I really like the she really showed out in that match against Ma, uh May in Gato Move because it was like okay, I think this that was really one of her first major singles match main events. And it was like okay, cool. You can do this. You're good on this level. So I hope that she ends up being one of the t- people that gets elevated. Um, I guess I could see Hikari Noah eventually getting up there too. But I don't know. She also might be at her ceiling. I would like to see Amiya Watanabe up there too. Just because I always feel like she's getting there every time like i definitely think she should have been the international princess champion by now just because she's she's cool she wrestles a different style than everyone else i like the just the power moves she uses like i definitely think she should be in the consideration i guess for being moved up so yeah those are those are my three but yeah i definitely agree that juria will be in that conversation eventually because she is just a superstar in the making for sure. Uh, Prince asks, what is the ceiling of Haruna Neko and does she have to uncat herself to reach it? I'm going to say she's already there. And I think if she uncats herself, she'll just go lower <laughs> to be honest. Like I, <sighs> Neko's fine. 
she's a fine wrestler. She's saved by her gimmick. I think if she was like I'm if she just decided to stop being a cat and was just like I'm going to be a serious wrestler, that wouldn't work out for her. So I think the level she is at right now is her ceiling. And uncatting would be a very very bad move. <laughs> Uh, next question comes from Tim Dog, who asks, Who is most likely to sign with stardom between Suzu Suzuki, Haruko Umasaki, Tomaka Inaba, and Aoi? Uh, what do you see their ceilings being in stardom, and what units do you think they would fit with best? Um, I don't see Suzu signing. I mean, that could change. She's still very young, and when you're young, you have a lot of ideas on what you want to do, and that shit changes instantly. But like she is very focused. She wants she loves the hardcore stuff and I don't think she would be able to do that in stardom as we've kind of already seen. So I don't think she would ever fully sign. Maybe when she gets older, if she's like I've done everything I can in the hardcore realm, then maybe she'll sign. But I also don't see her leaving prominence. And I think by the time she does, if she would sign with uh, stardom, I feel like the landscape of the units would be so different that I have no idea where she would end up. Uh, Haruka Umasaki, I could see going. I think she would fit in with stars. I think she'd do really well there. Um, I could see her eventually getting to like the uh, the second tier title, which I apologize. I can never remember any of the stardom belts. It's the one that Saya has. I could see her getting there. Uh, Inaba and Aoi, I do think they will. I, I think they could sign. I think it's still a ways off because they're still growing. I think for now it's best to kind of just keep them in just tap out and grow as wrestlers there working with Taka because I really, I really do think he is a great teacher and I think it would be bad to move them along from him now might stunt their growths uh yeah i don't know where i'd put him i could see inaba ending up with dana del mundo and aoi maybe going with queen's quest yeah i feel like that works or you keep them together actually you should probably keep them together put them both in queen's quest let's go with that and then in our final uh question of the week mad head drops ask hopefully not too late uh no you're not too late uh, originally this was going to be recorded last week but uh things got away from us especially with taylor preparing to leave the country <laughs> uh i probably wouldn't have wanted to do a show either if i was him uh so i don't blame him at all so no you were not late at all you were just in time uh so he they ask uh why do you think the Joshi imports to AEW have been less successful recently? Before the pandemic, and even up to Double or Nothing last year, they were in featured matches. Uh, Mizunami worked a pay-per-view title match, and Shido was champ. The recent batch of excursions haven't even gotten off the YouTube shows, or if they've made it to TV, they've lost. Feels like TK is dropping the ball big time when he's pushing mid-wrestlers like Ruby Soho and everyone in the TBS title mix. I could not agree more. Uh, I definitely think they are dropping the ball really badly 
in the AEW women's division right now by not utilizing the Joshi talent that they've been bringing in. Bringing in Yamashita and having her only work a dark elevation match was ridiculous. Like, how? She's one of the best in the world, and you're just going to put her on this nothing show no one watches against Nyla Rose and Serena Deeb. Nyla, who's a big nothing, and Serena Deeb, who is, in my opinion, the most overrated wrestler in the world right now. I don't... I don't know what to... This is... It's one of the things that suffers from TK booking everything, is he has to split his focus on things and it is very clear that women's wrestling is on the bottom of his list of priorities and it's like that's fine that's fine i i don't blame you if that's not something you want to focus on but if that is the case find someone to focus on that give the division to emi sakura there's been no one in wrestling right now that develops young talent as well as her in my opinion Chaco Pro is proof of that. If you watch that and see how the girls have been growing and developing over this time, how they've been building stories, that's one thing that is much needed in AEW is the women's wrestlers, they don't build stories well. They don't tell stories well in their matches. And it's like, any got incredible work out of Lulu Pencil who I like a lot. I like Lulu a lot. I miss her. Like, I wish she would come back. She's not great in ring. That's that's part of her appeal, almost. Uh, she's, she's not a great wrestler. But when you utilize someone like her in the right way, you get a match that was one of my favorite matches of the year last year with her match against Chris Brooks in the I Quit match. You're not going to get anything like that in the AEW women's division now because there's just not the time or effort being put into it. So, like, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm giving the division to Emmy. Have her book it. Like, I'm, I get a translator to help because I know she's, she's working on her English. It's getting better, but, I mean, I'm sure you're still going to need someone to help with translation and stuff to communicate between the wrestlers and her. So I'm sure that's something that's kind of keeping him from doing that but emmy sakura is so underutilized in AEW to where i don't even think she needs to be a wrestler on screen i think you should have her because she like i mentioned with the sayuri match she can get a lot out of young wrestlers but i think she's much more useful as a booker and as a coach and I think those are two things that AEW sorely needs. So yes, I definitely think they've dropped the ball in the Joshi imports. So I'm hoping things get better. I'm hoping with Ring of Honor starting up, TK kind of sees he needs to delegate things and that'll lead to Emmy getting the women's book. That would be awesome, but I'm not holding my breath. And on that happy note, that brings us to the end of the show. Normally, Taylor would ask if I have anything else to say. He'd ask if I've seen a movie lately. I'd give you a movie review. Haven't seen any movies. There just hasn't been anything out lately that's been exciting to me. People are talking about Top Gun. 
I don't give a shit about airplanes. Don't give a shit about Tom Cruise. I don't know. It's not for me. But what anime have I been watching lately? That's that's what I know you all want to hear about. The anime I've been watching lately is an early 2000s series called His and Her Circumstances. It is a shoujo romance series directed by Hideaki Anno of Neon Genesis Evangelion fame. Uh, this series rocks. It is very much a traditional shoujo romance, but with the direction and kind of experimentation of the later episodes of Evangelion brought to it. Just the editing is cool. There's a lot of interesting visuals. Uh, The whole series is up in the dubbed form and the English dub on YouTube. Uh, I can't remember the company. It's the company who owns the rights to the dub. They just put the whole thing on YouTube. So that's how I've been watching it. So if you just search his and her circumstances, you can find it that way. Uh, definitely worth a watch if you're an Evangelion fan because this almost feels like a spiritual sequel. So yeah, that's uh, that's it for the show this week. So yeah, uh, remember you can find us on Twitter at jump a at jbomb audio you can find me on twitter at comic geek kelly you can find taylor on twitter at ta mambo uh subscribe to us on your favorite podcast catcher of choice if that is apple podcast please rate and review uh, and if you feel like supporting us monetarily throw a couple shekels at us on redcircle.com slash shows slash shows slash jumping bomb audio This has been Jumping Bomb Audio, episode 59. My name is Kelly. My throat hurts from talking continuously for just about an hour. I'm pretty happy, honestly, that I kept it going this long. I was really afraid this was just going to be like a a half-hour-long episode. But you know what? When you got a bunch of notes in front of you and you got a bunch of stuff to talk about, you, you you can ramble for a good long time, and that is what I have done. So, yeah, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, Hope everyone has a good rest of your day. Enjoy some wrestling. Talk to you guys next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer.
If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.